All right, everyone. I know it's been a really long time since our last episode, but uh, I wanted to get a few uh, in here this fall uh, and through the season. Uh, we have a kind of a unique guest today, uh, Trey Scotty, the new uh, head coach at TSF High School. Uh, everyone's known about you know TSF post grad teams in the past few years, but now they have a you know, TSF prep high school team. Is a good uh, roster of guys. Uh, that he's collected for this winter. Excited to watch them. Uh, Trey, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Trey. Oh, of course. So like I do with every guest, uh, to start with a little background information about yourself, uh, you know, kind of what your path has been throughout basketball so far, anything you want the listeners to know. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Peoria, Illinois. You know, I wanted to get into coaching from a young age. And so by that time I was deciding on a college, I was a Division III NAIA caliber player. And as I went through the process uh, of deciding where to go to school, just kind of asked around, started to learn about the manager route. Um, I ended up having sort of an off-the-wall connection to Indiana. Um, and so I just learned about what their managers do, come to find out they have a rich tradition of managers slash student assistants going through the ranks and coaching. You know, Lawrence Frank runs the Clippers. There's three Division One head coaches that were managers. Uh, a lot of my friends I worked with in college, they work on Division One staffs. They work in the NBA, high school coaches all throughout the country. And it was something that was really an, an intriguing experience for me. So once I found out about that potential path, I went there, was lucky enough to be hired through the interview process. Uh, there was probably 50 kids that interviewed, but, you know, it's Indiana's a basketball school, basketball state. <laughs> So there's a lot of interest in that kind of thing. Um, so from there, I went to Xavier. I was a graduate assistant for one year under Chris Mack. Uh, I was the video coordinator for Travis Steele the last couple of years, and I was recently promoted to director of basketball operations really just about two or three months before this opportunity came about at TSF. So that, and long story short, that's where I've been, and that's how uh, I ended up here. So. Nice. So building off that, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about your time at Indian and Xavier in Xavier, you know, how, how did uh, your time there kind of help you, you know, be ready for this opportunity? What do you kind of, you know, take and learn from those different coaches and staffs? Well, I, I took everything, you know, from it. Uh, that's everything I do now. And, and, you know, credit going back to, to my dad and even my eighth grade coach was, was terrific. And I played for a really good high school coach. And I still use a lot of what they taught me. Um, but there's no question every day is a learning experience uh, at those levels. And so when I went to Indiana, like I studied sports management and marketing and all due respect, couldn't have cared less in any of those classes. <laughs> I was there to learn basketball, to be a coach. That's what I was paying uh, for you know, tuition for, essentially. So um, I think at Indiana, just number one, learning what it takes, how, how a college basketball operates all the effort that goes into it, all the people around, I think how to manage egos is really important mm -hmm. once you start to get yeah. to, to that level. I think the player development is key. Player evaluation is key. Uh, everything, everything that you do. I, I, I wish I had learned more going back to Indiana, but I was just – everything's so new when you're there. It's hard to really take it all in because you don't really know what's going on all the time. And then by the time I got to Xavier, I had those grassroots understanding of – how a college basketball program operated. And then I was really able to lock in, I felt like, more more so on X's and O's uh, particularly. And I've always had an interest in recruiting and understand how important that world is to a college basketball program. It's mm -hmm. important for coaches getting jobs. It's obviously important to win games, uh, which is part of the reason I ultimately ended up here. But, you know, you, I think how we structure a practice here, like uh, so much of that is Xavier-oriented. Uh, my yeah, assistant yeah. coach was – 
uh, graduate assistant at NKU. A lot of what we do in our drills that they did at NKU, or he played at Ashland, which is a division two in Ohio. So mm-hmm. we've been able to mold our experiences together. Uh, you know, Tyler McCaster, he's another assistant. Um, he's coached at AAU as well. Everything that we've learned, you know, rather it's set plays, uh, player development, workouts, different drills, you know, defensive scheme. Uh, it could be how we play in our spread offense, just developing different habits through a three-on-three setting. I mean, it's completely molded who I am completely. I I used to think I was a smart 18-year-old. used to think if I was coaching the high school team right now, how would I do? Um, and in all respect to myself as an 18-year-old, I think I had pretty decent people skills and worked hard. But my basketball knowledge uh, compared to, you know, I'm 27, compared to nine years ago, um, it's – I basically got my bachelor's degree and I feel like I got my master's degree at Xavier and have been able to use what I've applied. And hopefully at the end of the day, you know, the, the reason we're here is to help these kids get to the next level, um, to be ready for the next level, hopefully avoid a transfer and use everything I learned in terms of understanding fit, understanding uh, rosters, understanding different leagues, understanding different levels. Uh, the, the evaluation mm-hmm. process can help a kid understand if the school really wants them or if he's a plan oh, B yeah. or a C or a D. I think those experiences, too, are, are maybe even more useful than the actual basketball and X's and O's when it comes to helping the, the kids at this level. So, Oh, definitely. I, I tell people all the time, you know, the two years I spent at Wofford, that, you know, I, uh, just so helpful. I, like I said, I, I try to emphasize, emphasize that as much as possible, how, you know, eye-opening that type of stuff is and how then you can, you know, go back and apply it to high school kids. It's like, wow, like, if you learn this stuff now, it would really help your transition. I'm, I'm glad you touched on a lot of that. Um, so going into, you know, TSF a little bit more, how did, you know, this opportunity come about with, you know, um, forming this high school team? Like I touched on in the beginning, you know, we people have known about the postgrad teams and, you know, in Atlanta, there's familiarity with it. But, you know, now we go get a, a Midwest guy for the high school team. How did that all come together? Yeah, so during COVID, I used to run these coaching zones. And so yeah. I'd have a division one coach come on. Uh, they may present, I'd ask them to bring video, present on a topic for 30 to 45 minutes. I probably have 30 to 50 high school AAU college yeah. coaches uh, on there and everybody's just on there because they love basketball, right? Very, very simple. And then from there, we'd go to breakout rooms. I was kind of trying to model it like the final four. Since yeah, the final yeah. four was gone, I just love the people you meet through the sport. So that part to me was awesome. Um, and Jacob Morton, who was the former mm-hmm. director of basketball ops at TSF, he was, uh, he's now our program director. He was in grad school class with one of our GAs at Xavier, getting his master's oh, degree. Right. So I told our GAs, hey, invite people you think would be good. They invited Jacob. You know, I'm the one hosting it. So Jacob and I just kind of texted after, hey, thanks for coming on. And as the, you know, the year went on, we stayed in touch, you know, different TSF prospects that maybe could have been a fit at Xavier. You know, I would be sending them some different plays. I used to just send plays to high school coaches and try to help them out from an X's and O's standpoint with, with the tools I had at Xavier. And you know how it goes. Sometimes you hit it off with people. Sometimes you don't. Jacob and I, we did stay in pretty frequent contact. I was actually helping him recruit some post-grad players I knew were available. Um, And then, you know, it turns out Rob Johnson leaves. Mm-hmm. The postgrad job, and I have always I've really been opening my mind the last couple of years to different jobs, right? And so I thought if the right grassroots opportunity came about, I would heavily consider it. And so I originally just said, "Hey, what are you guys doing with the postgrad job?" Um, someone else that he's not even actually here, <laughs> but they they agreed to have someone else hired. Um, they said, "But would you be interested in a high school job we're starting?" 
And I, I kind of just thought to myself, sure. I didn't even really want to say no, but I was like, hey, there's no way I'm going to take a high school job and start the program and, and things like that. But I did know the reason I considered it was TSF is such a strong brand. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they had been on the AAU circuit as well to some extent for just from our at Xavier looking at some of those guys. So as I began to, to dig in more to the program, I did my own research. I called everybody around that I knew that possibly would have insights of the program. Um, I actually came down here. I got to see Shoot 360 where we're sitting now. I saw NYL where we practice. I saw the, the boarding school where the, the kids attend. Um, I got to sit down with the founders of the company and really hear out their vision. I got to talk to Adam Gibbs, who's our EYBL director. And having a guy like that yeah. I think, as a resource made me much more comfortable a- as well. And so once I really saw everything that was coming in line, I felt like, well, okay, there's particular players that are saying we could get, but even if we don't get these particular players over the next couple of years, there's still, there's still the infrastructure to be very, very successful. And so between the TSF brand, which I think is important compared to if I just started, you know, Peoria prep back in <laughs> Illinois, right? Number one, there's no brand behind that. No one, no, like there's no name. There's also not, that's not an area all due respect to Peoria. There's not as much talent as there is in Atlanta. Sure. That part was intriguing knowing how many people were around. Took the job in July. Uh, it was a really, really hard decision. Like, yeah, it was it was the hardest professional decision I've ever had to make. And I, I was really, really torn. But I, at the end of the day, my gut told me to get some head coaching experience, um, get some recruiting experience. I just thought it would be really fun, number one. I just thought this would be a blast to have my own team. And I just love kid, helping kids at this age. And then all that combined – with having the EYBL program, they go and they win the Peach Jam in 2024. Obviously, the 2023 team has some some headlining <laughs> talents. I thought this is a place where you can really sell kids to want to come here. And we got this job mid July. Uh, we able to recruit 11 guys to the first team. Five guys have Division One offers. Four of those five have had high major offers at some point in time. A lot of those guys are younger and talented. Their time is coming. So you know the fact that we were able to put together this team this quickly. I feel even better about my decision. And as we begin to talk to, you know, you know how it goes, it's my job to recruit, right, <laughs> for the future. As we continue to have conversations about prospects in the future, uh, I, I have the feeling we're going to be turning down a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of people are already coming forward saying yeah. they, I, I haven't even really recruited them. They've been recruiting me, and I would say the trajectory is looking possibly a little stronger, a little quicker than even I had originally anticipated. So sure. So you were just talking a little bit about, you know, year one, putting everything together, constructing a team, all that. So maybe give us a little bit more um, information on, you know, TSF um, high school prep, you know, the, you have the partnership with Brandon, all, all that. What is that all about? What's the setup like? Just give us a little bit more, um, you know, in-depth information for people who might not be yeah. that aware. Yeah. So the kids are enrolled at Brandon school. Mm-hmm. Um, they all Brandon whole. Brandon Hall School transcript. So the way that works is like, uh, you know, some of these preps that have popped up the last couple of years are not affiliated with the school. Mm-hmm. So if you're not affiliated with a school, you can't play in particular tournaments, the Geico. Obviously, it gets a little bit dicey academically. I, I don't know what they're selling, so I'm not negative selling. I'm just saying I don't, I don't know how they structure school. So that was a really big piece for me coming into it because I knew from yeah. the outside looking in how old that can look. And so once I really found out more, you know, Josh Burr, who – one of the two founders mm-hmm. of TSF, he has a, a background working in schools for 12 years. So mm-hmm. he is the the brains behind that side of the operation. Um, so obviously the kids do that. 
they, they go to school there and then they're able to use all our facilities. And the way we're able to kind of be selective with our scheduling, uh, part of the schooling is online. Yeah. So with that, we can come to Shoot360 and we get individual workouts Monday through Thursday at night. That's separate from practice during the day. Uh, we can take a long road trip. We can have study hall on the road, just like we're back. Um, I'm actually really big on mental health, especially for yeah. high school kids. So I sent the kids home for a five-day break in the fall. We'll take a 10-day holiday break. We'll take a five-day break in the spring. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, this is my first year doing it. Maybe I'll regret it. But my thing is these kids are playing in high-profile tournaments the entire mm-hmm. the entire year, <laughs> AAU, high school. If we miss one tournament, I got to think we're going to be okay from a recruitment standpoint. Yeah. Some of these kids, we got two Illinois, Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, and obviously the rest of the kids are Georgia. Um, they need to go home and be kids. Spend yeah. Christmas, spend New Year's, get a little bit of a fresh reset. Our season is about three weeks longer game-wise than NCAA, NCAA Division One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, I'm looking at that thinking like this is too much. This is what this is supposed to be more end of November through late February. We're playing games in early, you know, mid-October. We've got tournaments trying to get us to play late September, early October. I said, no way. Again, first time doing it, maybe I'll regret that. But <laughs> but for me, now we can send those kids home. They can do a bunch of study halls at home as well. It gives us that yeah, flexibility. Yeah. Now, like Christmas break, you know, they'll just be on they'll be on semester break. Mm-hmm. But it allows us to be really flexible with our travel, recruiting visits, whatever it is that these kids kind of need to do throughout the year. So sure. So going um, a little bit more into the season, um, or I mean, your team this season. You know, talk a little bit about your roster. Um, who people should be aware of. You know, you have a lot of out of state guys. New maybe. Um, you know, might surprise some people. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to start with Cam Craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. He's like a consensus top sixty recruit nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was first team all EYBL for the Main Street, so all that stuff kind of speaks for itself. I mean, he's a terrific player, probably the best shot maker in the country. Um, what's interesting about him is like obviously we'll run stuff for him, but he he just has a way to find threes on his own. <laughs> uh, he he has like just just an ability to to find holes in the defense like weird offensive rebound. He can shoot at weird angles. Like he does things that you just would never teach uh, another player to do. He's just got a natural knack for it. But the thing about him is he's a pro right now, the way he handles himself every day. He's one of our best students. He's Mm -hmm. at the gym for every single optional workout. Uh, He's on time to everything. He is the most low maintenance top 60 player in the country. There there can't be a guy who's easier to deal with. There can't be parents that are easy to deal with. Um, I think we need more vocal leadership out of him, but he is a leader by example. Everybody respects him. Everybody respects his work ethic. So that's definitely a guy um, that will probably be at the top of another team's scouting report. Um, from there, you know, as we go through the guys, let's just start with guys' offers because it's just easy to, to think of it that way. It's like mm-hmm. Rodrigo Farias, he's a 2024 guard. Yep. Uh, he was offered by Georgetown. And so the everybody, the word on him was he's talented and he can score. And as I started to watch him work out and started watching his film, he's throwing some passes. I was like, holy cow. And I, and I think he is as coachable as any kid on the team. He's a leader. He plays really, really hard. He competes. He's every coach's dream to have in their program. Um, he, he's, he is really, really good. Players love to play with him. He makes everyone else better. He's an elite passer. And I think he's in a really good headspace right now, one to attack, one to score. We played the other weekend. Mm-hmm. He had a couple games. He literally took one shot in the tournament. Next game, needed to come on. He comes out, he has 13 points, five assists, no turnovers. 
Uh, he's kind of got a little bit of that Andre Cabello is uh, at mm. Illinois. Jason Preston is at Ohio. Sure. Um, those are really good players. So mm. I, I understand he may not be to that level at this moment, but he's kind of that molded guy who can throw left hand, right hand, hook pass on the dime and, and can come in and score. He's, he's also put on 12 pounds since we got mm. here in September. That was the number one thing we asked him to work on was share mm. the ball, be a point guard, number two, gain weight. Well, he's taken those two and just gone through the roof with where he's been. And so I think as he continues to add weight, um, he's going to be a guy who's going to continue to add buzz because he, he is another guy who's doing optional, excuse me, optional shooting workouts every single day um, is as coachable as anybody. Um, he, he he is a vocal leader. That's not his yeah. problem. He doesn't just talk to talk when he talks, people listen. He's not just a blabbermouth yeah. and people tune him out. It's too much. He knows when to come in and when to be a leader and when and when to kind of step back and let other guys do their thing. Um, you know, Caden Cooper, he's a kid from Oklahoma. Um, he's had high major interest. He's had mid to low major interest. He, you know, he's a 2023. He reclassed from 2022. Yeah. Um, he's probably the most athletic kid in the entire state, pound yeah. for pound. And then it's not a, a statement to take lightly. Um, he's being extremely coachable. Uh, I think that there were some things in his game where, you know, he just he just hasn't been uh, held to a certain standard, and that's not sure. That's not his fault. It's not shot anyone else in the past. He's been on some really good teams, but for whatever reason, a couple of things didn't click with him, and, and he's become, you know he's gotten significantly better offensively as a decision maker and a finisher, which is what he does really really well. Um, and he's a guy as, as time goes on, um, we need him to be an elite defender. Yes, and he's got he's got an upside to do that. Uh, he's improving now. I'm not expecting him to be an elite defender tomorrow, um, but hopefully by the end of the year. And by the time we get into the spring, he'll go to summer games, and he's a guy that coaches. See, you know, he he's shooting fifty percent from three through five games, small sample size, but shooting's not the issue whatsoever. Uh, he's extremely efficient in the paint as a finisher, uh, as good of a finisher as we have on the team, and he's getting better defensively. And as he continues just to like uh, learn our system, which is it's just all new to him. It's just all new to him. I think he's going to be a guy that could really really blow up, and he's that guy who could end up in a mid major and. and be the most talented player in the conference and, and transfer up. Um, he, he's just extremely talented. He's a great student. He's a great kid. And I think people people will be excited to watch him. Um, Lathan Somerville. He's a kid from Peoria, Illinois. Where I'm from. Uh, yeah. He's got he's got incredible bloodlines. Dad played at Bradley. Was the best player on their Sweet 16 team 2006. Uh, Mom 6'2", 6'3". She played at Illinois State. So he's a 2024 6'9.5". Um, he's got he's got Big Ten hands touch body and feel right now he to me he just reminds me of those big 10 back to the yeah. basket uh players now he grew up in france for a lot of his life with his dad playing professionally wow. so he's too skilled for his own good i kind of joke around him he's a point guard at heart um <laughs> love loves to handle it put it on the floor shoot jump shots he didn't really understand how good of a player he is in the paint i told him i said listen you can score in the big 10 acc big east right now as you are in the paint and he's really he's been incredibly incredibly coachable uh, on that end of the floor and, he, and he's continued to improve and you know he put up 18 and 10 on mm. 10 shots against two other 611 guys in a, in a tournament last weekend i think as he gets comfortable he's going to be a guy that's going to blow up really 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 quickly and he's another guy again he's shooting 50 percent from three but it's because he's taking the right ones yeah um, mm -hmm. he's got a good stroke um i think we need more of him uh, from a rebounding standpoint he's getting better Defensively, he played in a 2-3 zone last year, so like ball screen defense, it was kind of a foreign concept to mm. him. And he's been pretty dang good in ball screen D for, for a 2024 kid that has that has never done it before. So I really like the track he's on. I think he's going to be a guy that's that's a no-doubt 
high major sought after, probably probably like a top hundred type player. Wow. Um, in my opinion, at the end of the day. Um, continuing going down the line, Caleb Walters. Uh, he's been banged yeah. up for us. He's from Florida. Uh, he's got a couple schools going in on him hard right now. We just got to get him healthy, but he's a type of kid who can play anywhere. He's versatile defensively, uh, can guard probably one through four, even some fives. He's long. He's athletic. Uh, he's got some good muscle on him. He's never really lifted weights before. Hmm. Um, I would tell you – Right now with him, we need him to be louder. He's a quiet yeah, kid. Yeah. I would tell you, um, in terms of like human being quality to have in your program, I would tell you he's number one on our team. Wow. He's probably the best just kid that, that we have. Um, on time to everything, uh, extremely good student, extremely diligent, extremely thankful um, yeah. to, to be here. Uh, I just think get him healthy is honestly it's one of the keys to our season because we need that guy who's like a four-man who can – kind of be a little bit of an erase marker, right? Like put them in both. Yeah, yeah. you know, can you guard a guard that's going off? Um, can you guard a, a more physical forward? Uh, wh- whatever that would be. He's got the ability uh, to play a lot of roles on a team. I think at the mid to low major level right now, he's he may never be your 16 points a game, but he could be eight to 10 points efficient offensively, yeah. guard multiple spots, and the coach never has to worry about what he's doing <laughs> off of the court, which there's a lot of value in that. Oh, yeah. So those are all the guys that, I've had the D1 off to this point. Um, but just to continue to go down the line, Destin Logan yeah. uh, came from yeah. Berkmar. Uh, man, I love coaching that kid. He, he's tough as nails. He's an incredible teammate. He's as hardworking as anybody. He probably loves basketball as much, if not more, than anybody on our team. But wow. He just talks about basketball like he lives it. He breathes it. Um, he's like our fourth leading scorer right now. So he's capable of, but again, he's, he's another guy. He's shooting 50% from three through five games because he takes the right shots. Yeah. Um, he, he has guarded the other team's best player more times than not. He is a very vocal teammate. He's our best communicator. Defensively, he's the most locked in, I would say, on our entire team in practice whenever we're running a set and knowing what to do. Um, I think he's a high D2, low D1 guy. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a scholarship player at some level. I would recommend him to anybody because he's going to come in and, like, he can be that guy who can guard, you know, two through four, depending on the matchup. He can make shots. Um, he's becoming more efficient offensively mm-hmm. just with his dribbles and rips, extremely coachable. And, like, he's just that kid that, like, if you're a coach, you want to have kids that you like as humans and, like, talking to. <laughs> like, you're around these kids every day, all day. And he, yeah. he's just a kid that, like, you know, I've got – we've put phone calls into the top division twos in the country and a lot of them are interested and probably close to offering. And and in my opinion, he's going to be a no brainer at that level. Um, Another kid we have Isaac Jones. He's a 2023 kid. Was at Marietta last year. Um, He he is an elite catch and shoot guy. Um, He's Mm -hmm. 6'4". He's got incredible genetics. Um, Mom and dad were division one athletes. Grandpa played in the NFL. He, he still is really young. He's really young for his class. Could be a reclass candidate. Uh, I think that he's another guy. Once he continues to put on muscle, you know, don't be shocked if he in two years in a reclass or whatever does sneak up to that division one level because he's got that elite trait to make shots. Um, he's another guy, though, that's just like continued to hit a huge stride for us right away. Um I think his role is going to change game to game. I mean, he could be coming. He had a game last week where he didn't score. He had a game where he hit four or five from three. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of that's kind of who he is as a guy who can come in right now for us off the bench and, and be a guy who can change the game with his shot making. Um, Kusame Draper, yeah. uh, he is uh, six nine, six ten, five four. Uh, plays really really hard. Elite communicator. Um, can really talk. I think he's a scholarship level you know, scholarship level guy somewhere. 
Um, he can really, he can really, really, really affect the game with his motor defensively and his talk. Um, it's really important that your centers be vocal defensively because they're in ball screen defense so much. Yeah. And he's that guy who, who does that. Uh, he gets offensive rebounds. Um, he just cares to be out there. He, he's a hard worker. Um, I, I Honestly, he's significantly better than I would have thought coming in um, for him uh-huh. as a player. Um, Ardrigus Moreland, Jr., he's a 2023 yeah. guard backup. Uh, for us right now, but like you know, he's starter quality at this level. Mm-hmm. We you know we, we just have a lot of guys who are really talented. Um, he the best thing about him is he just competes. He plays really 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 hard. Um, he's an elite on ball defender. Uh, he just knows how to make guys uncomfortable. He's that guy that makes it not fun to play offense against <laughs> because he is so quick. He is small, but he's incredibly strong. He doesn't sure, look like it, sure. but like he just has that basketball on court strength. Uh, he's got spurt ability offensively. Um, you know, we, we were evaluating him. He had AAU games where he's shooting 25 times a game and he's scoring 30-35 because his team had to have him do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't his – that's just the kind of team that – that's the role he was asked to play. Yeah. And so with us, I think as the season goes on, he'll continue to understand, you know, when to pick his spots and be effective offensively. It's just that's really hard for a kid. And we told him, I said, you mm-hmm. know, be happy you're going through this problem now, not your freshman year of college because you'd be so, you'd yeah. be in the transfer portal. As a guard, that's just that's how that works. And so I, right now, I've got him uh, as a as a mid to low uh, D one guy. Um, I think he's a guy who, again, any coach is going to want because he competes. He's very coachable. Um, his family is all on board with everything that they do. You know that that's just as important. You know, you you think a kid who shot 25, 30 times a game now he's coming off the bench and he may have two shots in the game and the parents totally get it. Wow. That their understanding of that, and that is not always a guarantee for a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a Division One talent. He he's a really good player. So again, lo- love his competitiveness, like competitiveness. Love love how he grinds. Um, I think he's a guy. As the season goes on, from where he's at right now, I think that maybe his confidence is a little lower, just because it's been. It's he's probably had the biggest adjustment from mm-hmm. playing with not as good of a team to a good team, yeah. but. As the season goes on, I think you'll see the most improvement from from now until the end of the year. And then our last two guys are um, Reed Zeising Jr. and Ledger Kincaid. And not that they're those guys in the same bucket, but they're basically you know they're they're reclass eighth graders. Their games are completely different. Um, RJ is a high motor guard. He, he can really guard the ball. He's extremely tough. I tell you, um, Ledger's a kid who's like an extremely good ball handler. Has really good feel for his age. And again, they're eighth graders. Um, they're here for development. They know that, and I'm excited to see where those guys are when, when they become, you know, everyone else's age on the team. So, yeah. all right. So you just talked about uh, your roster, all the different guys uh, to be aware of. Um, so I know you you guys have played up in Indiana and Virginia so far. Just some early season games. How do you feel about the team's uh, progress so far? About you know where you're at, where you might need to improve. Yeah. Well, I mean. We've gotten significantly better week one to week two, which is what you want to see. Um, offensive execution, just, you know, when you get in practice, you're running plays against each other. Everyone knows what they are. Um, I think just having that feel of starting to run stuff. And, and then we've, you know, practice has gone on. We've continued to have a bigger playbook. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not the coach that comes in. It's like, let's run a million plays day one. We want to work <laughs> on our concepts. And as time goes on, we'll sprinkle in place and start to execute those better. So offensive execution, week one to week two, there was a significant gap. Um, we need to get better defensively. We need to be – we're really good on the ball. We're tough. Our motors yeah. run. We need to be better off the ball. We need to be better boxing out. So I think that's going to be a big key as, as we head, head in and play at Crestwood this yeah. weekend. And, and I, you know, the guys know that. They're bought into what we need to do. But, you know, our ball screen defense compared to our first scrimmage against the post grade, it was, it was bad, really, really, really bad. And now our ball screen defense is pretty good. 
So things that we've been able to emphasize, we've taken that, we've been coachable, we've gotten a lot better. So I have no reason to believe that, you know, as we continue to find things we need to work on, we can lock in on those and, and just continue to get better because it's such a long season and we're just getting started. So. Yeah. So you just briefly mentioned, uh, you know, that Crestwood matchup coming up on Friday. You guys have some, you know, big matchups. Um, what kind of went into building your schedule and what do you think you're going to learn? What do you hope to prove? What do you hope to gain from all those, you know, variety of games and, you know, big time yeah. players you're going to face? Well, you know, Jacob Morton, he deserves the credit for our schedule. I think he did yeah. a great job uh, year one, putting us in a position to stay confident. Um, and play teams probably around our level, but also putting us on the map. And it's yeah. like if you try to play in every big tournament, um, you know, you're one of a program. We have no returning players who have never played for me before. You know, there's some programs in, in the country right now. They have more talent. They had more talent for us signed up back in April, and we took this job in July. So that's just you know, year one of a program that's going to be – there's only those very unique – your Dondas and your Gypsy Preps that are able to put together that much talent at the snap of a finger. We're not them. Sure. Um, and so I think we have a really good, really good mix of games. Like, you know, to play Crest, Crestwood this Friday, they're really talented. They're, mm-hmm. they're an established program. You know, we've got Don on the schedule for, for later this November. We played Elevation, really good program in Fort Wayne. I mean, we go to Ohio and we play Brush. That's a top public high school there. We play Western Reserve. We play ISA. Those are two of the top programs in that area. Have always have a lot of Division One guys. So mm-hmm. we're doing a really good job getting around the country so people know who we are. Um, I think we're playing the right schedule for the roster that we have in year one. And, and I think by year two, you'll really see the, the intensity of the schedule spike up pretty, pretty quickly. And a lot of that goes into who you have on your team and those tournaments want you and so on and so forth. But feel feel really good about where we're at um, in terms of our quality of play to, to start things off. So. Sure. No, that, that all sounds good. So last, last couple of questions. So what is your vision for TSF prep long-term with, you know, this high school team? And continuing to you know build it and um, you know get up to the level of some of those other high school programs. Well, I think long term, um, number one is just like can can kids come through here and the number one goal needs to be can kids come through and be ready for college or the yes. G League or pro uh, as ready as possible as they could compared to any other team in the country. And hopefully, I'm, that's where I can separate myself and our staff can separate ourselves from other you know, other places. And hopefully, the experience of, of being at the Division One level, but also the facilities. Uh, I think those two things combined, you know, all the resources, you can put put together a plan in place where these guys get to college, and not everything's brand spanking new uh, for them to be ready to to play and have the impact that they want to have. You know, I've had parents ask me in recruiting, "Do you want to have the number one team in the country?" I don't. Um, I think if you're going for the number one team in the country in high school, you're going to be in a constant mode of over-recruiting and not doing what's right for the kids. So that doesn't mean we're not trying to recruit good players for the future, but I'm not just trying to accumulate the best 13 players possible. I think maybe having some young guys who can, can learn as sophomores on the bench and, you know, get playing time. And then by the time they're juniors and seniors and be ready to come into a big role, I think that's, that'll be really important to find. You, know, you find 13 juniors and seniors that are top, you know, 75 players. Well, those guys all think that they should be starting <laughs> and playing uh, a certain role. So I think that's harder to manage. And yeah, then yeah. it becomes more about me, not about we. So I, I think that we'll be at a point where we can beat anybody in the country. I think that there's enough talent and resources here. I don't think you you have to accumulate the best 13 players possible to win. I mean, that's how a lot of college programs do is, yeah. you know, muscle them. He was in Nevada. He used to carry 10 redshirt guys. 
because he didn't want that 11, 12, 13 to cause problems within the team. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking at our program in the same way. And, you know, there's it's not that there's no business element to this, but this is not college basketball business. Um, I'm not making seven figures or even six figures coaching this team. We're not selling out stadiums of our own home arenas <laughs> and selling season tickets and, and all that kind of stuff. So the same things are not at stake. Like ultimately people are not going to have my record posted on some website from T, you know, from, from skill factory. I mean, we want to win as many games as possible because we're competitors. Don't, don't, don't get that twisted for one second. But I think if we can help these kids get better, I think if we can help these kids, you know, as much, and I'll never tell a parent where to go um, or a kid, but if they want to stop the recruiting process, use our experiences to help them. If we can do right by those kids, um, and just continue to put guys in good spots, you know, that, that's sort of like, it's not necessarily a tangible goal. It's more of a field goal, but that's what I hope to get out of, the, out of this and then hopefully have those relationships, you know, for the rest of my life in basketball. That's, that's what's most important to me, and that's my vision for the program moving forward. Sure. So fun, final question for you. I've had, you know, a lot of different people asking me about, you know, what TSF High School was about. Oh, there's, you know, there's uncertainty, this, that, whatever. You, got, you guys are new going into your first year. So what do you think people will be saying about, um, you know, the TSF high school team at the end of the season? What do you want them to be saying about you guys, um, you know, by the time the spring comes around? Yeah, I just hope that people see our players get better. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope people see our guys from where they saw them in the summer and, and think, you know what, like that guy's put on muscle. That guy, his shots improved. Like he, his motor has improved. Yeah. Um, you know, all those things that are maybe, you know, ball and hand skills or just, basketball intangibles that you got to have. I think that's that's my hope. The number one thing is when a kid leaves a high school, right, obviously that's going to ruffle some feathers somewhere. There's a high school coach. There's an athletic director. There's other families. People aren't always going to get it. And it's not for everybody, and that's okay. But I just hope that those people at the end of the day see, okay, you know what, like I do get where that kid got there and he got better. Because ultimately that's the number one reason all of our guys are here is the player development aspect. And Think of TSF, you know, it actually started before postgrad. It started as a player development company. And yep. we've been training pros for years and years and years. And to have a guy like Jeremiah Boswell, that's his job, is he trained guys like Bones Highland, who's number one pick there. He's around a lot. Mm -hmm. Our guys go and workouts with him sometimes. I'm picking his brand on what he's doing. Um, I think I think people will see that. I, I think, you know, not obviously not, you're never gonna get everybody to come around, but I think that's that's the number one thing I'm hoping out of it. And then number two, I think, you know. Just seeing a lot of these prep schools pop up and pop down, people see we're a legitimate, you know, entity. Um, yeah. That's part of why I wanted to join a brand like TSF, and, and it's not going to be for everybody. But I think as time goes on and people see it's it's a legit option and and see that comes with the training and, and comes with you know the, the schedule we're going to play, I think people will start to see that we're we're a disciplined program. We're going to play basketball the right way. We're going to share it. Um, we're not just rolling the ball out and putting out the best collection of talent. We're trying to put together the best team and, and get guys ready to go. So definitely. So like I do with every guest, um, if you have a question for me, go ahead and ask, uh, if you have anything that you might want to ask me, go, go well, ahead. So <laughs> when I used to run a podcast, we just said, if you were to have a dodgeball team and you can pick five college or NBA head coaches to be on wow. your dodgeball team, with you, who's your five? Wow. That is a, that's a great question. Hmm. I think one I would go with uh, Jason Kidd Jason from the Mavs, Kidd. just because he was one of my favorite uh, guys as a as Young. a player. He would probably find some weird, smart ways to do stuff on a dodgeball team. Um, see who else? 
Uh, I'd go with Jonas. I'd go with Jonas Hayes because I think he'd be he very energetic. He, yes, he, he'd be strong and very uh, energetic. Um, hmm. Let's see who else. So that's two. I'll, I think I'll just I'll stick with college coaches the rest of the time. I'll go with Adam Blake from North Georgia. He's another one really energetic, and I think he he would have a good mind. Camaraderie um, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, I'd go with Kevin Giltner at Virginia Tech. Yep. He's he's got some size. I think him and Adam Blake would complement each other well. He played. He's a good mm-hmm. player. Oh yeah. Um, and. Fifth, I would go Jonathan Maddox at Moorhead State. I was actually at their game last night. I'm, I just want to throw him in, him in there. Uh, just just see what he does. He might be the wild card of the group, I think. Interesting. <laughs> I, had, I had Jordan Spurrier on my pod. He went straight analytical. He just looked up the, the five youngest guys and was wheeling and dealing that way. So there it's always interesting to see what, what direction people go. Oh, yeah. No, I like that. That's that's unique. That's a, that's a good idea. Um, no, that'll do it. Um, is there anything else that you want to, um, you know, close us with and, and end with uh, anything you want the listeners to, to hear before we finish off? No, just uh, thanks for having me on and just appreciate you and everybody else in the area just coming down here blindly in a sense to the community. It's just it's been a blast being a part of Georgia Basel for a little bit. And just uh, look forward to continuing to get integrated with the basketball community down here. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, that'll do it. Uh, we thank you for coming on. We're excited to see what, uh, you know, TSF uh, high school team does this year. TSF Prep is, uh, you know, in store for a, a big season. They have that Crestwood matchup coming up Friday, um, and you'll be hearing a lot more about them uh, moving forward. So, once again, thanks for coming on, and we look forward to watching you throughout the year. Thanks, man. I know we're usually used to only having uh, one guest on here, but I'm going to continue with another uh, TSF guy today. I'm here with uh, Cam Kraft, just got uh, done officially signing with Xavier. Um, he's, he's new to Georgia. I got to see him a lot with uh, with Meeting Streets over the summer. was one of my favorite players to watch, a really good player, um, exciting, great shooter, and uh, plays with some you know flair and creativity that's a lot of fun to watch. So we're, we're glad to have him in Georgia and excited to watch him uh, at Xavier. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it feels good to be finally signed. For sure. So talk talk about that a little bit. You've been committed for a while. Like, uh, what was it, July 1st? Uh, I committed right before Peach Jam, so early, very early July. Yeah, so how, how's that, you know, that period between now and then? Does it, you know, feel good to just finally get that over with and yeah. focus? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been all in since I committed, ever since I've been on the visit. And now that I'm finally signed and everything's official, it's a great feeling, and I can't wait to get started with them and, you know, just feels good. Definitely. So maybe talk about that a little more. So I, I first watched you at I think it was Run and Slam. You you're starting to rise up a little bit, create a lot of buzz around your name, and you probably you know would have had a huge amount of offers come in in July, but you decided to commit to Xavier before Peach Jam. What made you decide? All right, Xavier is the best place. I don't need to entertain any other options or look for anything else. Yeah, that's something me and my dad talked about all the time about committing a little bit early. When I went on my visit to Cincinnati, I absolutely loved the city. And when I got to campus, I loved the facilities. Uh, Coach Steele and Coach Jackson were all in on me early, and I really admired that. Like, they, they wanted me the most, and I felt I felt wanted there. And being in Cincinnati, I, it just was a good vibe, and I was like, I'm ready to pull the trigger. So I, it was just the best place for me. Sure. No, I, I have a, a ton of respect for their staff and how they recruit. They, they do a really good job in Georgia and obviously in other states too. So it was good to good to see them get a great player like you. So 
Uh, building off that a little more, what's your vision for your career at Xavier? And what's maybe the coach's vision? What do they have in mind for you once you're a musketeer? Yeah, once I finally get there, I, I really look forward to playing with all those great players. And obviously, Tyrell's the other commit, so I'll be playing with Tyrell Ward. But I'm really looking forward to playing with Dewan Odom, Colby Jones, Deontay Miles, Nunji, all those guys that will still be there. And I just want to find a way to win games and help the program, uh, whatever it takes to win. As soon as I get there, I just want to figure out a way to get on the court and help the team win. Mm-hmm. No, Big, Big East is a great conference. You'll be going in there with a lot of good players, both on your team and who you'll be facing. Uh, you, you talked about, you know, touched on Tyrell, Tyrell Ward a little bit. So you guys, you know, you guys should be a really good wing duo for, I, th- I think, complement each other well at Xavier. Uh, what excites you about being able to, you know, play with him in the future? Yeah, I, I, I first saw him play, or I, I played against him yeah. at Peach Jam uh, Boo, against Boo Williams. Uh, it was a great game. We both played pretty well. And I really think that when we once we get there, we're going to feed off each other's energy and we're going to complement each other's game. And I think we can just, like, bring energy to CentOS Center and uh, put put Xavier on the map to be a, one of the best teams in the country. For sure. So let, let's go into TSF a little bit more. So you're from Illinois. Uh, you decided to finish your high school career here at a new first-year program uh, with TSF. They hadn't had high school teams before, just post-grad. Uh, you're coming all the way down to Georgia. So what went what went into that decision? Like why TSF? You know, you're already committed. There are you know probably a bunch of other options you could have went to big prep schools. Um, how do you think you'll benefit from being at TSF? Being at TSF, uh, I really had the connection from Coach Scotty. That's how it started. Yeah. He called me. He told me and my dad talked about it, and I really just thought it was the best fit for me. Uh, we have a really talented team with a lot of talented guys. A lot of them are younger than me, so I get a chance to like you know be a leader of the be leader of the group. And so far, like the experience that I've had, the biggest experience I had, we went to NBA Academy in Mexico. Yeah. That was a great experience. You know, I got to see like talent outside of the outside of the U.S. and those guys play extremely hard. Like Frederick King, he just committed mm-hmm. to Louisville. That guy's a stud. It was just a really eye-opening experience, and I played pretty well. And we got a we went one and two, but it was just a great experience overall. And we, we, we go to Spain oh, here really? in December. So, I mean, I'm getting to get the college experience of being away from home a year early, and I'm going to travel international, which is great. Definitely. Uh, so you guys have played in Indiana and Virginia, I think, so far with the TSF team. So how have those, you know, early season games gone? How do, how do you feel about things so far? Yeah, I think we're doing real well. We're 5-0. and We've had a couple. we played really good a couple of games and then the other two. I'd say we had three really good games, two okay games. But we're really just getting better every day in practice. We're figuring out how to play together. Uh, but I think we're headed in the right direction. We have a big game coming up on Friday. Like we ha- we've yet to play in front of like a big crowd. Mm-hmm. So like I'm looking forward to like that real high school high school feeling in front yeah, of like yeah. a, a big time crowd. And like these past five games have been kind of just like warm up games. I feel like for sure preseason games basically. Yeah, and I know everyone's excited for that to have the big crowds back. I know Illinois was you know high school season last year was weird, and you'll definitely get that Friday and at at hoops giving and others. So going off that a little more. What are you most looking forward to this season? I know you guys have a lot of big matchups. You said the Spain trip. What are you, you know, what are you excited about uh, in your final high school season? I just look forward to being at a school like TSF where we're going to be put on a national scene, playing against great teams. Like we play Elijah Fisher's team on Friday. We play uh, Donda Academy and Hoops Giving, which those are some big time games. The NBA Academy, I mean, that's already happened, but that was just like that yeah. was a big time experience. Spain is going to be, a, I've never been like to Europe, so I look forward to that. 
continuing to get better every day in practice and in games. What do you – so TSF's, a, like I said, a first-year program. I've had a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, what is TSF High School going to be like, this and that. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, what do you think you guys will prove to people? What do you think people will be surprised um, with you about? Yeah, I know that we're a first-year team on the, on the high school prep side of things, yeah. but TSF is a great – organization i mean they're 15 u team one peach jam and they're talented all around the around the board i think they're the postgrad team last year won the national championship so it just shows that it's a great culture and i think with uh coach scotty recruiting the high school team we got a great group of guys and we're going to be really good and open up some eyes on a national scene with the talent that we got we might be a little unknown but that doesn't stop us from wanting to play the best uh, definitely that that's the right mindset to have i think uh, so talking a little bit more about Coach Scotty, um, you know, he has the familiarity with Xavier working, you know, being on their staff in the past. How is that going to help you, you know, prepare um, and be ready for Xavier to make an impact as a freshman? Do you think that'll be a really big boost for you? Yeah, I think it's giving me a head start once I get there. Like in practice, we use Xavier terminology. I talked to Coach Scotty just about like the ins and outs of Xavier and, and the whole staff and players. So, I mean, it's, it's just giving me like a – Closer feeling to I'm not there yet, but I feel like I'm getting close to like getting ready to play there. Sure. So a little bit building off of what you just said, what's your uh, focus going to be going forward as last year of high school and going into college? Uh, what will it take for you to really take the next step as a player to keep reaching new levels? I think I'm really well known as a shooter and a scorer. I think to take my game to the next level, I need to you know, really focus on playmaking, which in every day in practice, I'm working on coming off pick and roll reads. Mm -hmm. I worked over the summer with my trainer, Zach Boster, on pick and roll heavy. Yeah, like, That's all we did was just pick and roll reads. And then another side that I can get better at is uh, like off understanding off ball defensive uh, reads and all, stuff like that. But playmaking and then off ball defensive reads and just getting a better feel for the game and making my IQ higher is my main focus to getting ready to play at Xavier. Mm -hmm. All right, so la last question for you. You're new to Georgia. I I've seen you a bunch. I know what you're about. But for the people in Atlanta and around Georgia that are going to be watching you this season, what will they be saying about you at the end of the year? What what will people's opinion be of Cam Craft in Georgia? I would say that I just want to be known as a winner, and I just want to be that guy, you know, you can count on to make shots and be a scorer, a big-time scorer. But I'm really focused on, you know, leading this team and being a great teammate and uh, just making my making shots like I always have. Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, that'll do it. Uh, Cam, you have any anything else you want to end on? Any final thoughts for our listeners or uh, Musketeer fans? I would just say for, to the Musketeer fans, I just want to bring a ton of energy and positive vibes to Xavier and make sense our center like as lit as it can be. Sounds good. Well, that'll do it. Uh, Xavier signing Cam Kraft. Uh, getting ready for his final high school season with TSF. They have a big matchup with Crestwood Prep on Friday and a bunch of other good games, so you'll be hearing a lot more about Cam and the rest of their team as the winter goes along.